the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Real faith transforms us on the basis of revelation about God. Our confession is only as valid as how much we personally know the revealed Word of Christ. It's not validated so much by how much blessing we have. It's not validated so much by how many answered prayers we have, how much miracles we see. It's validated by how Jesus' words change us from within. It's revelation, not results. Pastor, why are you so anti-blessing or anti-miracle or anti-whatever? I am not, loved ones. I believe that God is God and He can do and will do a lot. For us and everything. I, I, you know, don't misunderstand this point about me. I'm just trying to say faith has to be refined and it has to be refocused from the tangible to the intangible. The Bible is clear. It's better that you, you know, the better, it's better when things that, that are not seen are within your heart so that you can have a stronger uh, hope and faith in God. I'm not anti-blessings. I'm not anti-miracles. I believe God is a miracle-working God. I do know one thing, though, and I want you to listen carefully. One thing is true. God has no problems showing us results. How many prayers has God really answered for you? Some of them you don't even know He answered. (laughs) Some of them you don't even, even take for granted. How many blessings have you received from God? A lot, okay? How many needs have God met in your life? God has no problem giving us results. He does have a problem revealing himself to us. There is a problem there. We're fallen people, and there's some kind of a barrier that has to be destroyed in order for our faith to be focused on what God is saying. If you doubt that word, just read the Bible. Read the Old Testament. How much God has 
rescued His people, have delivered them from captivity. I've read the book of Judges. You know what the book of Judges is about? It's about cycle of pain about of the nation that turned into confession. God heard their cries and God sent them deliverance. And after God sent them deliverance, what did they do? They rebelled and then they got punished for it and then they cried again and then God heard their cry and He gave them redemption again and then they forgot and they did it again. It's a cycle. It's true. What about, what about in the New Testament? How many miracles does Jesus have to show his disciples? I mean, come on. You walked on water. You raised the dead. You multiplied bread. How many more miracles do they really need to be able to say, up? Uh, it's you, Jesus. It's your word, Jesus. I mean, just examine this disciple, especially Mr. Peter himself. I'm on, I don't want to pick on him. He's one of my favorite disciples because I'm so much like him. You know? But I pick on him. This is a guy who says, I will die for you. I will kill for you. But where was he during the crucifixion? Well, he's, he's done denying Jesus three times. Where was he when Jesus was crucified? He was hiding somewhere. And when Jesus rose from the dead, where did Jesus find them? Hiding in the room. After seeing Jesus revealed to them, what did Peter say? Let's go back fishing. And then, as destiny and divine providence will have it, he obeyed Jesus' one final command. Stay in the upper room for 50 days. And you will receive power from on high. And man, the moment the disciples received the Holy Spirit, there was a staggering transformation. I can't believe it. Mr. Peter, hiding in the upper room, received the Holy Spirit, and he went down and preached, and 3,000 people got saved with one sermon. Today, 3,000 sermons saves three people. Power. Not until the Holy Spirit grabs a hold of our life where our confession will be validated. And I'm not, I'm not going to argue when you receive the Holy Spirit, okay? There are many schools of thoughts, okay? All right? Some people say when you get saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. I'm buying that. Some people say you receive it after. I'm buying that as well. It doesn't matter when you receive it. It matters that you and I receive it because that's the power that will enable our confession to be validated. And listen now to Peter, years and years later. It actually put tears in my eyes when I read this. For Second Peter, he wrote a letter. Second Peter, chapter 1, verses 16 to 18. Listen to the words of Peter. Verse 16. For we did not follow cleverly devised stories when we told you about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in power. But we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory saying, This is my Son whom I love. With Him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him in that sacred mountain. That's a validation of his confession. And it came 
when the Spirit of God grabbed a hold of him. And I want to let you know, the Spirit can transform. It'll turn your mourning into dancing. It'll turn your fear into rejoicing. It'll turn your apprehensions and anxiety into great joy because He will declare to you and I the words of Christ Himself. They agree. The disciples agree and we agree that when we are redeemed and the Holy Spirit comes, we can sing along with the prophets who say, Therefore the redeemed of the Lord will proclaim and they will come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy shall fill their hearts. They shall proclaim gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning will flee away. Therefore the redeemed of the Lord shall return. They will come with singing unto Zion and everlasting joy will be upon their heads. Validation of confession. There's a second thing we need to consider how faith transforms us. Number two, when it's compelled, when we are compelled by His voice. By this, I mean the Word. We are compelled. It's not enough uh, for our confession to be validated. We must also be compelled to act by His voice. Listen to this. Verse 5 in our text. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen to him. You know, before Peter can finish his suggestion about the shrines, God himself spoke and said to Peter, James, and John, This is my son. I'm pleased with him. Listen to him. Now, we, we talked about the context of the Gospel of Matthew. And we understand that, that Matthew was written for uh, a Jewish audience. And this story was placed there to, to actually ratify uh, that, that, that Moses in this transfiguration represented the law and Elijah, Elijah represented the prophets. And Jesus in the middle of them and God says, from now on, there's a new sheriff in town. Uh, he's going to fulfill the laws and the prophet. You just need to listen to him. He's the one that I am pleased with. I have given him authority. And he embodies the true spirit of the law. He embodies the true spirit of the prophets. Listen to him, the spiritual intent of the law and the prophets have now been fulfilled in the one who is standing right in front of you, and his name is Jesus. In Mark eleven twenty four, Jesus said to his disciples, Anything you ask in prayer, I will do it. What is he saying? He's saying to his disciples, The requirements of the law have been fulfilled by me, and the writings of the prophets have been fulfilled in me. You don't have to go through the law or through the prophets to get access to God. I have access to God. So when you want to go to God, you can skip the, the, the priest, you can skip the, the, the prophets, you can skip the law. You come directly to me. All authority had been given to me. I have direct contact from heaven. But you know what we did to that Mark eleven twenty four verse? Anything you ask, I will do. You know what we you know what we did with that? 
We made it as a system wherein we think our faith will coerce God to do for us what He wants to do. But that's not what that verse is really intended to do. It's intended to say that Jesus has all the authority and you will never ask anything against the will of God if you belong to Him. And He will always refine what you ask because He holds the key to everything. There's not a need that he cannot meet. There's not a want that he cannot fulfill according to his will. All we do is to put our trust in him. We need to hear the voice. We need to hear the words of Christ because that's what's going to transform us. Knowing the voice of Jesus will change us. Not so much the, not, the visible manifestation of power. I believe in that. Not because of the things that we see, not because of the evidence, but with the power of the Word of Christ. The voice of Jesus is heard by our spirit. The soul is transformed by the voice, not the visible things that are going on around us. Jesus says faith is most powerful when you, do, you don't see anything. I mean, I'm going to say that again because it's true. According to Jesus, faith is more powerful than seeing things. When you don't see things, that's when your faith is more powerful. Faith comes from hearing, by the way, hearing the word of Christ. Now, he said to Thomas, Thomas, look at the holes in my hands, look at the holes on my, my feet, and feel my side. Do you believe me now? And of course, as we know from the scriptures, Thomas bowed down. And Jesus said to him, you believe because you see. Blessed are those who believe and did not see. I mean, we all know that by mind, but we, we never really truly believe that that's what it takes. Sometimes faith is stronger when we don't see, okay? Look at John chapter 14 and verse 12. Jesus said to his disciples, Very truly I tell you, Whoever believes in me will do the works I have, done, I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. Now, what's the significance of those words? Jesus is saying, it's better that you don't see me, so I can send you the Holy Spirit, which you cannot see, but he will empower you. Okay? What was that all about? Do you ever wonder why the disciples were drastically transformed after the day of Pentecost and after the ascension? Do you know why? Because as long as they were seeing Jesus, you know, they were looking for signs. <laughs> they were looking for physical manifestations. But the moment the Holy Spirit came, they don't see Jesus anymore. And yet, they were more bold in their faith. God stronger. Those who saw Jesus were, were hiding. But the moment they saw Jesus, they all died proclaiming what they have seen already and heard through the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you ever wonder why Paul was so powerful and he wrote two-thirds or three-quarters of the New Testament? Paul, the murdering Pharisee, who persecuted the church. You ever wonder where he got that faith? What did God have to do to transform him? 
he had to be blinded. He didn't see Jesus in the flesh. Don't ever believe when people say, oh, Je- Paul saw Jesus in the flesh. No, he didn't see Jesus in the flesh. In fact, Jesus blinded him. All right? And when he was blinded, he called Jesus Lord. How about that? Sometimes we have to be blinded. Sometimes we must not see in order for us to believe more strongly. Jesus didn't appear to him, but his accomplishments were staggering. The transformation of Paul was staggering. Faith is not based on results, but revelation. Let's examine ourselves right now. Our faith right now. How much did Jesus reveal to you these last several weeks? What is Jesus revealing to us through this pandemic? What is he saying to us? What, what, what things are God revealing to his people during this pandemic? You know, you know I, I'm praying just as much as any other guy for this pandemic to be over. And you know what, this pandemic, you know why it's scary? It's because it's an enemy that we cannot see. But we have a mighty God that we don't see physically either. But why are we cowering in fear? Why? Because we're scared of the things that might happen to us. We envision what's going to happen when we get this virus. We, we, we are uh, 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 at the verge of buying our own ventilators. I wear a mask for a different reason. <laughs> you can have your own reason. Why, why, why do we need to cower in fear? The Holy Spirit is in charge. God is in charge of our life. So how did the revelation of God help you in your situation now and in your current situation? You know what Isaiah 30, 21 says? Listen to this. Isaiah says, Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. It's the voice of God that compels us. It's the word of Christ that compels us. Listen, loved ones, those of you who are listening, many of us are going to probably lose our jobs before this pandemic is over. But you know what? That's a perfect excuse to lose your job. What about if you lost your previous four jobs? Let me put you to the test. Let me put ourselves to the test. What do you think is better? Revelation or result? When it comes to losing a job. Say, say you lost your jobs, your previous jobs three times, even before this pandemic. Okay? By the way, but after the pandemic, you're the first one to be let go. All right? So you lost your four previous jobs, and what you do is you pray to God to give you another one. Now, what is better? Results or revelation? What do you think is better for God to do? When you pray, just give you the answer and give you a job? Or for God to reveal to you why you lost your first four. Which one's better? You know, you have to think about this for a little bit. I know it's a silly illustration, but you know what? It's true. This is when revelation is better than results. Because you know what? You can pray for another job and get it and lose it again. Why? Because God has been revealing to you the reason why you lost your three, four previous job was because you're lazy. But because you're hard to get along with. 
But because you have to change something in your life and you haven't done it. Every springtime you do spring cleaning in your house, but you never spring cleaned your heart. And you expect God to keep answering the prayers when God is saying, listen to my voice. I'm compelling you. You know? Get your butt off the couch and look for a job and work. That's when revelation is more powerful. John 16, 13 says, But when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. That's the voice of God, the old truth. He will not speak of His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. So God is not short of revealing to us something about ourselves. There's a final point on this transformational faith or faith's turning point, and that is the cross is the confirmation of our victory. The cross is the confirmation of our victory. Look at verse 6 of our text. When the disciples heard this, they fell face down to the ground, terrified. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus instructed them. And listen to this. Jesus said to his disciples, after seeing all of that, he says, don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Why did Jesus stop them from talking about what they had just seen? You ever wonder why that is? You know, if I saw that, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm just going to go come, come clean. If I saw Jesus shine like a star and Moses and Elijah on each side, okay, when I come down from that mountain, I'm going to spread the word. That's just me. I'm going to say it to people, man, you should have seen what we've seen. It's Jesus himself. And Elijah was there. And Moses was there. And I'm telling you, this, this is the guy. This is the man. He's totally the guy. He's the one we've been waiting for. He's the one that's going to bail us out. You know what Jesus says? Don't tell anybody what you saw. You know why Jesus said that? Because their faith hadn't been transformed yet. And Jesus knew that there's some instability there. And the moment they spread the word out, they're going to go and feel like Boy, you know, <laughs> they're not gonna, they're not gonna stand the pressure because Jesus already gave them a hint and they missed it. What was the hint? Jesus said, listen very carefully. Jesus says, don't say anything to anyone about this until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. They didn't get it. You know what he was saying? If they just asked one probing question, they would have gotten the message. If Jesus saying, don't say this thing to anybody until I'm raised from the dead, that means Jesus is going to be killed. <laughs> if they just asked that question, they would have guessed. They would have reasoned the fact that there's going to be a death coming before there's a resurrection. And Jesus was telling them, I've shown you who I am, and now I'm going to be given to the hands of the... The, the enemy, and I'm going to be crucified, and I'm going to suffer. And Jesus has been saying to them, you're going to suffer too. Which is, they didn't get it. They didn't understand. They have not been transformed at that moment. They hadn't understand the issue of suffering. They're only seeing the greatness. They're only seeing the victory of Jesus coming in, doing all these miracles. But faith cannot transform us 
without some kind of cross-bearing. Crucifixion is one of the great teachings of Christianity, the crucified life. That suffering for Christ is part and parcel of what transforms us. Suffering was not intended by God to punish His children, but to change us and conform us to the likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus did not give His disciples evidence of His glory, but also told them that He must suffer. The suffering we go through must be a turning point of faith. You and I must accept it. It is God revealing to us what it's like to be Jesus. The disciples only saw the glory part. They didn't see the suffering part. And Jesus says, if you want to share in my glory, you have to share in my suffering. Loved ones, the suffering we go through must be turning points of faith. You and I must accept it as God's revelation to us of what it means and what it's like to be like Jesus. A taste of what it means to be a child of God. Like Jesus is God's Son, we too are going to be transformed to the likeness of Jesus. And that's a badge of honor that will transform our faith. 1 Peter 4, 12-13, and I close with this. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that has come on to you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice inasmuch as you participate in the sufferings of Christ, so that you may be overjoyed when His glory is revealed. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Lapson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. As a listener-supported ministry, they are grateful for your tax-deductible donations at livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com.